Greetings, fellow adventurers, and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. Whether you're a goblin, barbarian, wizard, or warlock, gather your gear and potions because it's time for Corey, Evan, and Eric to help you level up in fantasy football. I see uh and you're just telling me it's a little citrus twist uh you got a couple of couple of good fruits in there don't you yeah it's a grapefruit twist it's got some lime some lemon and some grapefruit in it you know just uh try and bring back to summer you know when times were a little bit easier it was a little bit warmer it was pretty chilly here in Nashville today uh walked to work in 37 degree weather and walked back from work in uh well, it's 59 out right now. So is that by choice? You you like choose to walk to work or do you not have another means? I mean, I could drive to work, but I can also see my office from mm. my apartment complex. So do I really need yeah. to drive? I, I feel mean, that. it's literally going to take me just as much time to go down to my car in our parking structure at my apartment to get it, to get it out of the garage, drive it to mm. work, park in the parking garage at work, get out of my car and get into work as it would for me to walk there. So yeah, I don't know if it's like this for you, but at least here I'm trying to drive less and less just because gas prices are crazy, man. Um, it's starting to go down a little bit there for, for a second, but we're right back up to like $5 a gallon. So I'm just like today today i rode my skateboard to work which is something i haven't done in a really long time <laughs> brought out the old board almost face planted a few times so <laughs> need to kind of get back into the swing of things yikes well you're trying to bring back the spirit of summer and i i definitely appreciate that me i guess i am just embracing the uh the oncoming winter because this is one i've had uh before but i'm bringing it back i'm getting the uh fremont legend cold ipa in me uh it is a cold IPA. They make it cold. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm chilling with that. Uh, no pun intended. And uh, yeah, like I said, I've had it before. Uh, Fremont has good stuff local. Uh, so yeah, going to probably put one or two of these away over the course of the pod. But yeah, uh, thank you everyone for, for joining us on another one. I just saw Evan's Grimace of Pain. So I know that something just happened in the game that he has money on. Uh, did someone not score? Uh well no and NC State uh threw a pick that should have been oh. a pick and it should have been a pick and uh, Virginia Tech the defender just let the ball hit him in the hands and oh. fall to the ground so yeah. and uh, State, NC State's in the red zone so not great brutal all right well uh yeah I also got just in a side window I got the uh, uh Bucks Ravens game going on so <laughs> apologies if we're a little distracted uh but we're gonna go ahead and get into the swing of things here uh as you can probably tell we are missing Eric tonight unfortunately um he is out uh I believe he said he's wrangling gators which is kind of weird um but I guess down in Florida that's just what you do there um so wishing the best of luck with that hopefully he doesn't get any uh kneecaps bitten off by a by a big old lizard yeah have you seen those uh boomsticks that they hunt gators with i don't think so no dude it's the most ridiculous like backwoods thing that you would ever see they they take a shotgun shell 
and they get a little steel pipe and they shove the shotgun shell in the end of the steel pipe and then they just smash it on the gator. Oh my God. That yeah. is brutal. Holy hell. That's a way to do it, I guess. I, yeah. Wow. Whatever works, take down a gator. I mean, I know people that uh, like uh, use like composite bows to hunt and stuff. And even that I'm like, whew, that's, that's pretty intense, especially the the guys that go out there and like, uh, you know, like hunt bears and like stuff like that. It's like, oh, my God, I can't I can't imagine getting that close. But to just kind of bash <laughs> like a alligator in the face with a with a shotgun shell pipe. Yeah, that is some backwood shit. I, I guess that is what Eric is uh, probably up to right now. So, again, wish him the best of luck with that. Hopefully he doesn't get bit or blow his hands off. Uh, but, yeah, we will miss him tonight. Um Obviously, that disqualifies him from from top dogs, which we'll get to a little bit later. But uh, for now, we're just going to kind of get into the swing. We're going to talk some some football news and notes here. And uh, we got some stuff to talk about for sure. A little later in the show, we're going to be doing some panic button, uh, which we'll get into uh, in a bit. But for now, uh, I think, you know, the biggest news basically happened, I think, just a couple of days after we did the last pod was uh, Christian McCaffrey getting traded to the 49ers, which, um, you know, we're a little bit late on this now. As I said, the last podcast we recorded, I think it happened a a day or two after we recorded. So uh, we haven't really had a chance to talk about this. But, uh, you know, obviously he's played a game where it was, you know, a four day turnaround or something to uh, get on the field and didn't show a lot. But that was kind of expected. Um, I guess my big question right now is him going from the Panthers to the 49ers. I feel like that's a lot of people might have the presumption that that means his fantasy stock goes just bazooka up. Um, I'm not so sure. I, I, I don't know. It it could be, but I feel like on the Panthers, he was just, he was already showing you kind of his ceiling and now on the Niners, I don't know. They paid a lot to get him so they could surely make him a, a forefront of the offense, but we're talking about an offense that still has Debo still has George Kittle, uh, so as Brandon Ayuk um, and also a rotating cast of RBs is, is pretty classic with them and a rotating cast of RBs that tend to get injured. So what are your thoughts on this? I'm, you know, I don't think it, he moves too far, like up or down for me. Um, but yeah. How, how are you feeling about Christian Caffrey as a 49er? Yeah. I mean, I think if somebody in my league absolutely wants him because he's a 49er now and thinks that he's a home run hit, I will be more than happy to entertain offers on him. I once again agree, Corey, that I don't think it really moves the needle much on him personally. Uh, I think his value is already pretty good as the player on uh, the Panthers offense, even though that offense is absolutely atrocious. I think he'll get more scoring opportunities on the 49ers offense, hopefully. I mean, is the 49ers offense really that much better? That's the big question, right? We can pose that question. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, they have more weapons, so there's going to be more distribution. Mm -hmm. Will that lead to more dump-offs from Jimmy G? I can't say. I mean, I I, like I said, I personally don't think it's a huge boom uh, like some people think Christian McCaffrey is. It is a a big question mark, right? Like this... um... The 49ers offense never has really had um, 
a player like Christian McCaffrey. So we're looking at kind of a new era for them. Um, obviously, as a Hawks fan, uh, it's disgusting. I hate it. Uh, I don't like that I have to play, uh, that my team has to play against Christian McCaffrey twice a year. That does pain me. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, fantasy wise, I, I don't think it moves the needle much. And actually, this is something that I uh, I heard on a podcast, uh, I don't know, must be a month or two ago as of now. But um, someone was saying basically like breaking down the 49ers uh, run game and how often those RBs get injured. And it does seem to correlate with like their scheme, like their style of uh what they do with their running backs it tends to get them injured more and the one thing with Christian McCaffrey is he has not been able to stay healthy um so I think that that's a concern I I agree with you where you know the few places I have Christian McCaffrey if someone wants to come get him um I'm more than happy to to work something out what what do you think is like a good baseline like we're still talking multiple firsts I'm sure right to a contending team you think you'd flip him for like a first and some change I mean, if if you gave me a first and two seconds in twenty three, sure, I'll I'll be more than willing to take that for Christian McCaffrey, given it's a twelve team Superflex league. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my standard basis of when I think about offers, what I think in. But yeah, I, realistically, I wouldn't be looking for just draft picks. I would be looking for some kind of filler RB, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a little bit older David Montgomery, uh, with the injury to Reese Hall. Uh, I think that is also another one that I would entertain. I mean, if you want to switch Christian McCaffrey for Brees Hall and maybe a little bit extra, personally, I still think Brees is pretty high up there and I still value Brees as a top five dynasty back, even with the injury. I, I do really, I like that a lot. If if you have Christian McCaffrey and you're not going to uh, go out there and win a championship this year, I, I, I probably don't want to do a one for one. I probably, like you said, I want a little more like, like Brees plus, but I, I love that. Actually. I, I really do like a Christian McCaffrey for Brees Hall swap. I think that's a, I mean, look, Brees Hall's injury. That's kind of the next thing on the list anyway, so we can get into it. Um, but dude is still like 21 years old, man. Like, yeah, it's a devastating injury. You hate to see it, but he'll be back. He'll he'll be back for, for many, many more years. Um, he will still be, the focal point of the Jets offense. Um, as much as I am a James Robinson fan, I don't think that Brees Hall is going to come back uh, and, you know, have James Robinson in his way at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you see Brees Hall go down. The Jets immediately go out there and, and trade for James Robinson. I Man, I don't know. James Robinson was already looking like he was losing value uh, with ETN taking over, but um, I think this might kind of be James Robinson's like last sort of era of relevancy because now he's stuck on the Jets with, I mean, arguably, like, I don't think it's actually arguable that Brees Hall is a better prospect than ETN, um, and now he has to contend with Brees Hall on the Jets. So... As much as I really did, I, I really enjoyed James Robinson as a player. Um, I think we're kind of looking at his his uh, his death toll a little bit here. Um, so I, I don't know if you have differing thoughts or, or similar thoughts, but uh, obviously just wanted to get that news across since it was something that broke this week, this this big trade, or not a huge trade, but uh, just go out and acquire James Robinson to fill in for Brees Hall. 
Yeah. So while while you were talking, I was just curious to see if Brees Hall had dropped much on uh, KTC, and he is 18th overall and RB four right now. So he's dropped a little bit, considering that he was number two previously. And then ETN, crazily enough, is actually up to RB5, which I think is significantly overvalued. Ooh, interesting. Entering maybe a maybe a sell-high window on ETN, you think? I Yeah, if I could sell ETN for... I mean, top five RB, that's, that's approaching multiple first territory. Yeah, if I could sell ETN for... If I could sell ETN for Dalvin Cook in a first. Okay, yeah. Dalvin Cook is RB16 right now, mm-hmm. or listed as RB16. I'd be, I'd be willing to to give it, even if it's a late, if it's a late, say, 10 to 12 even. You give me that 10 to 12 pick, and you give me Dalvin Cook for Travis ETN. Yeah, I'll make it. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I obviously, I've said it before, I have a lot of ETN. Um, there's some teams I don't think I could really lose him because I'm I'm so RB needy. I have him on a team where I lost Brees Hall and Javante uh, Williams. So like, I'm just, I, I don't even, maybe I should sell him because <laughs> uh, that team is kind of uh, in the dumpster this year. But um, yeah, just something to keep in mind. His value is skyrocketing. I, I was going to say just real quick, is there any other running back on the Jaguars that you want to roster? Um, not really. I mean, Jermichael Hasty has shown stuff before. He's not a bad player. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I put in some bad bids for him just just as a backup kind of guy. We are talking about ETN coming off that that foot injury. Still, they are going to abuse him, uh, for sure. So there's there's a chance that he, um that he ends up with another injury. So not a bad idea to uh, pick up hasty and yeah, Snoop Connor. I do. I do kind of like, um, I liked him from, you know, back when we were doing rookie drafts, I picked him up in a lot of like fourth, fifth rounds, just to kind of have him as a flyer. Um, he was looking okay. Preseason. I saw a couple flashes there. So uh, between him and hasty though, I think hasty's shown more. But yeah, I mean, between one of those guys might not, if you have an open slot, if you can afford to carry one of them uh, with ETN just going to be a, a focal point of the offense, both receiving and rushing, I assume not a bad idea to to back him up with uh with one of those guys just as a handcuff, I think. Yeah, I like the idea. And then crazy enough with how wide open the NFC is, every team in that league is plus money or in that division is plus money to win the division right now. They do not have a true betting favorite, which I think is kind of a miracle. That's very interesting. What uh, do you have like anyone that you lean there? I mean, we're going to talk about the Rams in a little bit. (laughs) The Seahawks at all. I don't know if I can trust them full season. I mean, if I want to take it, if I want to take a real flight, like a real dirty flyer, I mean the Cardinals at plus eight hundred, like that's eight, pretty eight to, one, eight to one, like pretty good value. Yeah, D Hop is back. They're talented team. D Hop is back. Uh, Marquise Brown is supposed to be coming back towards the end of the season. Uh, James Conner is supposed to be coming back. Like maybe the offense gets rolling, but like that's an absolute like long shot type of yeah. type of play. I mean they're plus eight hundred for a reason. 
Do you think it would be more like 650 if there was never any Kyler uh like Call of Duty drama? Because the game just dropped. Um, and so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, very possible. I mean, l- l- let me put it this way. If if Hollywood wouldn't have gotten hurt, I, I think that number is much closer to plus four hundred. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's kind of a, a big blow um for that offense. For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh we said it on an earlier podcast, but Marquis Brown was looking at like a very quiet like top six wide receiver like fantasy season so like yeah losing him big loss definitely um i really man i can't wait to see him and d hop on the same team same field i think that's going to be awesome so yeah uh at plus 800 that's great value you, you put the two of them with james connor yeah like james connor is just the absolute power back so mm-hmm. he's going to be there you have kyler who can run on the outside extend the plays you have d hop got so a gadget guy rondale Moore too yep d hops the the kind of possession wide receiver guy at this point in his career hollywood to stretch the field gadget play rondale Moore. like it, it can be an exciting offense yeah looking like a complete uh offense for sure um and defense is still pretty bad which is exactly what you want with your fantasy players uh great prolific offense and stinky poo poo defense um okay well just to get into like the last bit of actual trading that did occur um we had Kadarius tony to the chiefs uh we talked about this very very briefly in text and i think we're of the same mind that meh like i i i I don't know if I can say that I'd rather have him on the Giants, but at least like on the Giants, he didn't have to contend with Juju and Kelsey and uh, MBS and all these guys. Um, But also it's Patrick Mahomes. So got to, you know, improve his stock slightly. I don't know. I think it's kind of a wash and I was never really in on him to begin with. He seems like a guy that's, you know, kind of fragile. Maybe that was kind of just being on, on the Giants kind of thing, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Any any additional thoughts on Kadarius Tony? So the additional thoughts don't actually have to do with Tony. They have to do with Sky Moore. I yeah. think the fact that they went out and got Tony is not very encouraging for Sky Moore. Yeah, I agree with you. Not been seeing the field much. He hasn't been getting a ton of reps. Like has had a couple of miffed like punts too. Like a couple miffed punts and like maybe a kickoff or something like like just just you know obviously rookie mistakes. But they're putting him in that position because they're like trying to trust him and he's not really showing he can be trusted. Right. I think that's, uh, that's my big concern from this trade, especially giving up relatively significant draft capital. I mean, Mm -hmm. a third third round pick is nothing to sneeze about. I mean, I get it. Tony was a first round pick. I I, I get it. The giants screwed up. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to Dave Gettleman. Classic Gettleman pick. watching, Watching him screw up was just a thing. That happened every single year. I think we all saw it coming. Like, I, I think that I, when I saw that pick, I literally said out loud, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, uh, okay, sure. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious that Urban really wanted him afterwards. <laughs> I mean, that just goes to show you, like, <laughs> why he didn't even make it a full season. Yep. And uh, then the other news item, Corey, which I'm assuming you saw, was the big injury, Jamar Chase. 
Yep. Yep. I did. I put that in our text chat and I, I forgot to add it to our list, but yeah, yeah. We should probably just like touch on that as well. Cause that just kind of uh, broke is that it's looking likely that Jamar chase will be put on IR. Um, yep. There's like some weirdness about it where like I saw a report where the team is just hoping that Jamar is such a physical specimen that he'll like Wolverine blood his way back to playability before that. But um, you know, when you're hearing, multiple reports uh say that he's going to be going on IR out you know four to six weeks uh, yeah that's um that's significant um especially with where people were taking Jamar Chase especially with like the Bengals offense was just kind of starting to click um it sucks man it's really sucky news I I have teams where I one of my best teams in fantasy was a Brees Hall Jamar Chase just like I've been loving it like like very young team, but uh, was like five and two. And then these two injuries, man, they they might actually collapse my season. Um, but with Jamar, like, I mean, if you have T Higgins, sweet, <laughs> like that's that's great for you. Um, Tyler Boyd, I'd imagine gets a, a an uptick. But you got to remember too, just the offense as a whole is is just not I, I just don't think it's going to be as good. Like, I, I think that's fairly obvious to say. Um, you're losing one of the best playmakers in the game, um, not going to be able to move the ball as much. And your two other receivers in Boyd and Higgins are going to be covered by more prolific uh, quarterbacks. So, yeah, yeah, it sucks, man. It's it's really sucky. It's like a hip injury, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a hip injury. I was hearing it's some something having to do with like a chip out of the bone or something like that. And it's just like the way that it's rubbing is is what's causing it, which somebody was telling me that it, it could could end up leading to a torn labrum, which I, I thought your labrum was in your upper body. So yeah. I'm no medical <laughs> medical genius. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would work. Maybe because yeah, but, I think labrum is like up here and like the shoulders or something like that. That's what I thought. Um, but the one thing I wanted to bring up from this is, do you think this increases the Joe Mixon receiving work? And secondarily, do you think that this makes Hayden Hurst a starting tight end in fantasy? Well, um, there are definitely leagues where, uh, to answer the second one first, there are definitely leagues where I've been putting Hayden Hurst out there anyway. And he's he's been okay. You know, he hasn't... Uh, won me any weeks but uh he certainly put points in the tight end slot that that i needed um and so yeah in my mind uh you know you gotta consolidate the target somewhere hayden hurst could could definitely see more work uh i still think that he's like you know he's a first round drafted tight end i know it took him a while but that's kind of the classic case with tight ends i'm definitely not throwing uh hayden hurst out and i think this has a decent chance at improving his uh his target share a bit with joe mixon yeah i i could see it maybe slightly less um just because i don't know they seem to like to mix uh some jp ryan in uh at times that doesn't make sense to me but uh because joe mixon has shown uh for many years now that he can be a pass catching back and and perform well but they just don't really, I don't know. They just don't use him like that very often. So, you know, losing Jamar Chase, maybe that sets up more screens for him. But I think that you're more onto it with the Hayden Hurst thing. I think that he'll see more of the target share. I think that you'll see uh, Mike Thomas, not Michael Thomas, Mike Thomas, uh, come in there and, and catch a few balls. 
But uh, overall, I, I do just think that this is going to be a downgraded offense. So that that is kind of sucky and worrying. Okay. I was just curious. I went out and tried to get Mixon, man. Mixon's a weird one because I feel like you should be able to buy him like kind of low, but I haven't gotten like any bites. Um, and I, I've sent, I think, pretty fair offers. Um, but people just, I think it's the Bengals offense and people just don't want to not uh, not be invested there but uh anyway yeah that that injury news definitely sucks there's some other like weird injury stuff that popped up but i don't think there's anything quite as serious as the jamar chase uh situation um there's like the devonta adams i think he got like sick i think he should be fine um and maybe a couple others but uh i think the other just like thing to kind of go go through here with with us being a week away from uh, the trade deadline is just a couple of names out there that have been mentioned we don't really need to dive deep into these guys, but uh, names that I've heard that I've seen reports kind of uh, spark up on um, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers. That's kind of an obvious one. Uh, Kareem Hunt uh, has been reportedly made available for a fourth round pick. I believe uh, there was a report that came out that the Eagles are trying to go after Kamara. Um, I actually thought that they were a good shoe in to go get Kareem Hunt. Um, I think they were trying to acquire him like before the season started. So interesting to see if they make a move there. And then just a couple couple of wide receivers that have been popping up, Brandon Cooks, which kind of makes sense, uh, 29-year-old wide receiver on a losing Texans offense. Um, maybe they try to see what they can get for him. <laughs> Got a feel for Brandon Cooks, man. Dude's been on like 12 teams. <laughs> He's good, dude. He's good. He constantly has like 1,000-yard seasons, but uh, I don't know what's going on there. Teams just don't like to hang on to him. Um, and then, uh, Chase Claypool has been tied to maybe like a Packers trade. I, I, I saw a report that the Packers are like, quote, all in on Ch- Chase Claypool, which I don't know if that means, uh, they haven't made any moves yet, but, uh, just kind of names to, to keep in mind. Um, I don't know if you have any like thoughts on any of these dudes or if you have any other names that you've come across, but just wanted to kind of put the, put the word out there, put, put the, uh, orange alert up on these guys. Yeah, it sounds like the Steelers asking price is too high on Chase Claypool right now. Um, And it sounds like they will have to come down uh, to be able to make a move happen on Claypool. They still Uh, got him tied up for next year, right? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Gibson's interesting. Akers is interesting. Obviously, Akers is sat out last week, probably sitting out this week, I would assume. I'm so interested to know what is going on there like what cam Akers did or or didn't do like did did he just not perform up to expectations and then got mad when henderson was taking snaps away like i i'm just if that ever comes out i'll be really um interested to know like what went on there because that's that's just that's crazy hun obviously kamara i would love to see him on my eagles it would make that team even stronger after getting robert quinn as well to add to that defense Eagles looking like the uh, the Rams of the East, like just with how much star power they're trying to accumulate here. Rams of the NFC, like Rams of the more. NFC. Yeah, that's actually more. Yeah, that's more like it. Yeah. I mean, realistically, like who's going to who's going to be the challenger out of the NFC right now? Like uh, we're only a, like, you know, not even yeah. halfway through the season, but my goodness. Yeah, looking real, real good. Uh, Jalen Hurts, man, I feel like a lot of teams are like um, 
a lot of teams with like rushing threat QBs, I think are kind of like sure Ravens as well, but I feel like a lot of teams with rushing quarterbacks that haven't been rushing as often are looking at the Eagles and going, okay, we need to start. (laughs) This is what we need to start doing. Well, and for how much crap I give Justin Fields, like when Justin Fields running the ball, like he looks like a completely different quarterback when you're getting him and booting him out, when you're putting him on half the field saying, hey, read 60% of this field instead of the whole field. I mean, he looks like a completely different quarterback. He looks like somebody that could actually hang on to a job at the NFL level. You know, I feel much less with this guy, but in kind of the same realm, um, I kind of feel that I'm starting to feel that way about Daniel Jones. Like uh, he's still not doing great at like passing specifically, um, making some kind of dumb mistakes there. But look, look at his like, (laughs) look at his receivers, man. I, I can't put the full onus on him. And he is starting to real like he has in the past, but I feel like he's really starting to click with the rushing, um, reminding me of like a poverty Josh Allen or something, something like that. Uh, like very poverty, like homeless Josh Allen. Not even close to the same physical specimen. <laughs> not, e- not even close. Don't don't even put that name there. Come on, Cole, you're better than that. Yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm trying to talk him up because I have him in a few leagues. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're you're right. You're right. I probably will most likely never get to that echelon but yeah i just think it's interesting man you see all these rushing qbs starting to really uh come out of the woodwork and uh start putting it together so it's it's pretty exciting well i was gonna say what was it in the the rogues league that i made the the daniel jones trade that's right you did yeah what was the uh what was that trade again yeah it was daniel jones for james connor which is probably a sell low on daniel jones considering at this point he will probably be the quarterback for the giants next year because they're probably going to be out of quarterback picking position um so there's there's that but i desperately needed a running back if i wanted to try and stay in the playoff contention um, which team is like half a foot in, half a foot out type of situation right now. Um, so yeah, I desperately needed another running back. Um, just could not continue with Jeff Wilson as an RB starting on the team. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Jeff Wilson is, um, yeah, he's pretty much a uh, couple feet in the grave at this point, unfortunately, with Chris McCaffrey on the team. And I have plenty of quarterbacks, like yeah. having Watson, having Herbert, having Hurts. Like, yep, you did inherit the team with like an unbelievable amount of quarterbacks. So uh, that's good on you. Um, so I, I imagine, and you know, I expect a a pretty predictable answer here. But it sounds like you are not scared of like an Eno Benjamin, like not even like takeover, but just like him getting more included and involved, even when James Conner gets back. No, not at all. Yeah, I think that's the right call. It seems like Eno's just been kind of the the guy uh, of necessity more than um, melding faces and, and commanding the starting role or anything like that. So I think that's a, a good call. I think maybe even you could, yeah, maybe a solo on Daniel Jones, but like you might even have bought a little low on James Conner just because I do think that there's some people out there that are like, oh, well, Eno Benjamin came in and he, he got a touchdown and he ran for over 80 yards or whatever and maybe there's going to be a split there but i I think i tend to agree 
with you a little more where when James Connor's there and healthy, it will be him and pretty much no one else. So I think that was a good trade. Um, okay. Well, we got this panic button segment. Do you just want to kind of launch into this and then we can finish with you and I as top dogs? Sure. Yeah, let's go. All right. Um, so we're going to be focusing on the NFC, uh, for this episode, we decided to split it up. Um, just so that we can kind of get into these teams in detail, but we're uh, essentially just going to go through teams that had, uh, you know, more or less high expectations uh, coming into the season and are not putting it together. Uh, and and we're just kind of talking about whether or not we should be red alert, uh, smashing that big red panic button on uh, the teams and I think it also coincides with like the fantasy players on the teams because we can talk a little bit about like who is potentially looking at you know not getting uh, re-signed or who's potentially going to get traded and, and just kind of talking about uh, expectations for these guys going forward so uh, we'll focus on the NFC and it's kind of tough to pick because I feel like there's three big ones here and then one like kind of minor one but we'll just go first on the list of, of how I ordered them and, and talk a little bit about the Packers um, because Aaron Rodgers, man, um, he won the MVP last year, uh, you know, had a pretty, pretty good season. Um, this season he comes into the, the uh, comes into the year without Devonte Adams um, comes into the year, uh, another year older. And I think the discussion right now in a lot of circles is, are we seeing, before our eyes, the the falling off of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and does that get more? Do you visualize that more with the fact that like the Packers have basically zero weapons and are seemingly incapable of providing any weapons for Aaron Rodgers to work with? Are we looking at like kind of a sleepy tank season for the Packers so they can try to re- rework the team? with or without Jordan Love next year? I mean, Aaron Jones is supposed to be gone next year. I mean, nothing in his contract makes it seem like they're going to re-sign him or bring him, sorry, allow him to come back and bring him back next year. Um, so that's that's the first thing. And the, the panic on that, for me, has to do with the fact that A.J. Dillon has not looked good this year. Like... He came in with high expectations this year, you know, going into year three, like really looking forward to it, like looking like he could take that next step, showing that the two headed backfield could be an absolute monster for Aaron Rodgers. You pair that with the fact that, I mean, the offense as a whole has been very middling. I mean, rushing wise, the rushing offense ranks 18th in the NFL. The passing offense ranks 17th, but yet their PFF offensive line grade is fourth overall. So it hasn't been the offensive lines issue. I mean, there's just guys aren't getting open. Guys aren't coming up in critical times. You know, the plays aren't being made when they get down to the red zone. You know, he used to be able to just throw the ball to Adams and, it was basically a touchdown. You know, Tunyon's not doing his touchdown thing this year in the red zone. None of the backs are doing it. So who's going to score? I mean, they're 23rd in points for this year, like points per game. Like, 
That's well, what, are, what are you supposed to do when you're supposed to have a really good ball control offense with one of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation and you just can't do it. Yeah, man. And I, I think the AJ Dillon thing, I think that does largely co like to me, AJ Dillon is, is still what he is. Like he, he is still like an athletically very, very gifted uh, running back um, with that like big body uh, play style and uh, just, you know, a lot of speed there. Um, he was a great college player. Um, I think what he is suffering from is that teams can pretty easily figure out what he's going to do play to play because they can't really throw the ball to any reliable receiver. And when he is in the backfield, they're like, oh, okay, this is going to be AJ Dillon and we'll just stack the box and not let him do anything. Um, so I think you take away uh, Devonte Adams and you don't bring in any receiving threats of note and teams are just like, oh, so we basically just have to make sure that Aaron Jones doesn't catch a bunch of passes. And we have to make sure that AJ Dillon gets stepped at the line. Um, that's a pretty easy defensive assignment for most defenses in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's not looking good, man. And I just feel like with how their record is and kind of just how things are going, if they don't add anyone, um, like any sort of wide receiver help there, I think we could be looking at like a losing season for the Packers uh, in basically Aaron Rodgers, like pseudo last year um, where he could pretty easily walk away um, as of next year and pretty much leave the team in a like sudden shock rebuild mode. Um, I think that's, that's very, very possible. So yeah, in terms of like, am I hitting the panic button? I'm my fingers inching towards it for sure. And let's also consider that as of right now, going into next season, the Packers only have about $4 million in cap space. Like they will not be flush with cash to go make moves this coming off season, unless they restructure a bunch of deals. Yeah. Yep. That that's, that's a really rough position to be in, man. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely think that, with the Packers, man, they, they've had this like nice little streak of going from like Favre to Rogers and just kind of elevating the team there and kind of finding a diamond in the rough a bit with Devonta Adams and like refining him to be like what he is now. Um, and I just don't see them being that lucky going forward. Um, Jordan love is still kind of nothing to me. He's just never really shown it. And I think, <laughs> The big proof in the pudding there is that he hasn't taken the job, <laughs> even though he's had a couple of uh, opportunities here now. Uh, and yeah, if you if you ask me if I am at all excited for an Aaron Jones list, Aaron Rodgers list Packers offense and like taking fantasy players there over the next couple of years. Yeah, I don't I don't think so, man. I think uh, I'm pretty happy with my my heavy lack of AJ Dillon and I'll just I'll let other people eat Packers players for the time being until they can get right. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings look like the real deal in that division. Yeah. They look like the team to beat. Um, yeah, the Vikings rushing offense isn't great right now, averaging under 100 yards per game. That's kind of what we thought was going to happen, right? With their with their coaching uh switch up. Um it was it was 
pretty spoke it was spoken pretty loudly that they are going to be going away from like a heavy rush into a more pass friendly deal and i mean with justin jefferson and adam thielen on the team like you might as well um go a little heavier on the pass um sucks for dalvin cook owners but yeah no i i agree with you the vikings look real um justin jefferson is is a monster and uh yeah we may be seeing um pretty soon here uh the packers just kind of flipping and and becoming a rebuilding team and i just gotta say like really brutal for eric to not be here as we discuss the imminent death of the green bay packers just really um yeah really missing out on this one eric uh you would have absolutely loved hearing that oh the show would have been like an hour too long because it would have just been <laughs> eric spouting off on the packers so a little grateful that he's not here but also i'm sure you'd have some some fun energy takes on that um but okay if unless there's anything else in the Packers I think we yeah have kind of talked them through I I definitely am like any Aaron Rodgers I still have on my teams like I I just I think I'm screwed like he's gonna die on my team there's there's nothing I can do about it um he'll he'll be he'll become a fill-in super flex uh option if I need to for the rest of the year but if I can slot in like a like a quality skill player instead I'm probably gonna just do that because yeah so so what is what is the absolute lowest that you would sell Rogers for right now like what what is the worst offer that you can think of that you would accept for Rogers right now I think my floor is 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 probably like if I can just get like a playoff second I'm I'm super happy but I just don't think that's coming and I don't think I'd want to sell him for a third. So I think that's kind of just where I, that that's why I say like, I think he's just going to die on my roster. Cause I don't, I don't think I sell Rogers for like a mystery third round pick and just, uh, it seems like really low, but I don't think there's many people out there that are going to send a second my way. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. What, what about you? Yeah. So I, I've been thinking about that for a while and I was trying to figure out where exactly I sit on it, which is why I was honestly interested in just hearing, hearing what you had to say about it. I mean, it's so difficult right now. Like would it, would I take Jared Goff for him? Probably. Like that's, that's I, 10 more years <laughs> of, yeah, uh, like, yeah, yeah viability. I would, I would feel very good about, about taking golf right now what's, what's crazy is golf. i don't know if, i don't know if we can get that i i, I just i really I don't, don't know yeah. yeah which is crazy that's crazy to think about would you all right let's just play a quick quick little couple yeah. quarterback here would you take jimmy garoppolo for him oh man um yeah, I think so. Um, even knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo is probably out with Trey Lance coming back next year, probably. Um, I just, yeah, I think it comes down to like the age and the viability there where like maybe Jimmy G lands on another team and I can still like march him out there. Okay. Would you take Geno Smith for him? That's evil. That's <laughs> evil you asking me that. Um Man, uh, Gino feels more replaceable to me than Jimmy G, as weird as that sounds. Um, 
Uh man, I think I think I would take I think I would take Gino. I think I would. Yeah. Okay. And then last one here. Would you take Malik Willis for Rodgers? Mm, Malik Willis has a pretty nice ceiling still, I think. Like it's it's getting a little more ethereal and nebulous. Like maybe that ceiling never comes, but Oh man, I do like the ceiling versus the floor of like Rogers could just be dead weight on your roster next year, while Malik Willis could end up someday being something. So I think I'd probably take Malik Willis as much as that hurts to say. Okay. Well, there we have it. All right. Well, that's that's the Packers. Um rough, rough times for them for sure. Uh, but they kind of kind of did it to themselves sort of self-inflicted wounds um in a lot of ways with them um kind of like with these next guys uh that we'll talk about here the los angeles rams man um i know that this has happened before where super bowl winning teams like come out the next year and they're just they're just not as good but i don't know if in like recent memory a super bowl winning team has looked this atrocious after winning a Super Bowl, it is like in my recent memory, it's the worst that I've seen uh, a Super Bowl winning team look. And the the weirdest part with the Rams to me is kind of the the whole mystery behind it. Of the only things that really changed with the Rams was they lost Odell Beckham, um, they gained Bobby Wagner. So like, you know, I thought the defense was going to be better because they didn't really lose a whole lot of their defense. They gained Bobby Wagner. Um, but the defense has not looked awesome. Um, not like how they have been like a perpetually top five defense in the league for a while now. Um, and the offense is just atrocious. Uh, you still have Cooper cup getting his and that's about it. Tyler Higby, I guess if you have him good for you. Um, but yeah, other than that, man, there's no running game there. Matthew Stafford has looked not good. Um, I think, I mean, myself included preseason, I was like, yeah, the Rams are probably going to go back to the Super Bowl um, just with their star studded roster, with how good they looked playing the Bengals. I I thought they were kind of like a shoe in and as, as difficult as it is to repeat Super Bowl performances. I thought they would at least like get there. And now I don't think they get there. Um, I would be surprised at this point if they flip it around in time to like win their division. Um, I don't think that's in the cards um so yeah i mean what are your thoughts here i, I mean they don't have a run game durrell henderson is not it um cam Akers has a weird like he did something terrible to sean McVay and is not going to play for the rams anymore um van jefferson is hurt and probably nothing even if he was healthy uh alan robinson looks largely like dust even though he's come out and not had a few games now Um, but still just not consistent at all. And then you just have four, like 14 targets, Cooper cup running out there and just like taking all the work. And that's not translating to a winning record by any means. So uh, how, how are you feeling about the Los Angeles Rams right now? Yeah. Can, uh, can I interest you in an offense that is 31st in rushing averaging right about 70 yards per game on the ground uh, with a PFF offensive line grade of 31st in the NFL. And uh, 
averaging 29th in the NFL in points per game. Um, yeah, no, I think I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, that's not that, that's not an offense that I want parts of. Um, Cooper Cup continues to get his. Tyler Higby continues to just get funneled targets. I mean, those are the only two assets that I'd even consider wanting in this offense. And if I have Higby, I'd be happy to to swap swap off Higby for you know a younger younger tight end um, that maybe could get me a little bit more longevity. Yeah, no, I, I I totally feel that. I think the big thing with Higby is like I'm sort of scared about how much he's been targeted. Like he's not super young, and like if they continue to abuse him. I don't know if he can, I don't know if he can last, man. I don't know if he has the endurance Uh, and kind of similar with Cooper cup. Like Cooper cup is still awesome. Like for sure. Still wide receiver one. Um, It's basically just the targets though. He's not scoring prolifically. Um, But even with him, like I'm not going out there even on contending teams and even really trying to acquire Cooper cup one, because I think he's still pretty cost prohibitive, but two, Man, if it's just him out there, like, I don't know if he's going to last, man. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be pretty easy to all of a sudden just try and bracket him and maybe he'll get his 15 targets and Stafford will throw two picks. You know, you bracket coverage him the entire game, let everybody else be manned up up and just kind of pick your poison. I mean, he's going to try and force the ball into Cooper Cup, like, just kind of is is what it is at this point and uh he's gonna get his reception so hopefully you're in ppr leagues if you have him not just standard leagues which i don't know who plays standard leagues anymore but i'm sure there's some people out there i am in one standard league but it's kind of cool because you get um it's like a cool like ladder of uh first downs so the more first downs a player gets i think you get like uh a half a point per first down and then if a player gets three you get another point if a player gets five then you get two points and so it's kind of like a ladder system that's kind of neat um but yeah i'm with you i mean in terms of yeah if you have cooper cup <laughs> and you are in a non-ppr league ow ouch because that's a lot of points just kind of in the toilet but uh yeah man matthew stafford that's that's a guy that I am pretty happy to have sold a lot of in the off season and kind of to my chagrin because I was like selling him on teams where I just I kind of needed to start over and people didn't really want to send me like what I thought Stafford was worth. I was selling him for like a first and a second and like feeling like, yeah, okay about it. Now I'm feeling pretty good about it because I don't think you can get that these days as a Hawks fan. Again, seeing the Rams suffer, raise the roof a little bit on that kind of kind of like do a little cha-cha party time, but uh, as a fantasy player who, uh, you know, I got talked into a little bit of Cam Akers here and there. I took a little bit of Allen Robinson maybe here and there. I don't have a ton of Rams, but the Rams I do have, I'm like, yeah, sucks. It's a very, very brutal situation for them. I, do you think that this all just comes down to their offensive line is just not good and their running game isn't good enough to like, uh, like overcome that is that like basically what it comes down to to you or is there something else hidden there 
I mean, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm telling my DNs to absolutely get up the field, rush the passer, don't care about stopping the run. I'll have a linebacker that hopefully can pick up whatever running back is running the ball if they decide to run it. And I'm keying my defense in on the pass. I mean, it's a pretty simple game plan. I'm going to force you to beat me on the ground thinking that my front four will be able to handle the front five of, of the Rams. Yeah. What's crazy is that they are literally just rolling out like a kind of beat up Daryl Henderson. Like it's just Daryl Henderson and they don't have anything else. They have uh Kyron Williams on IR and they are not playing cam Akers, And that is the end of their running back, like rel- like relevance. So that's brutal, man. And and like you said, that's the game plan right there for any DC worth anything. They're going to look at that and be like, okay, we all know what we need to do here. Um, I think that's exactly what you're seeing. So, man, uh, yeah, I think it goes to show you that you can add as many like stars here and there on like the defensive side and, and stuff like that, but you still need to like channel a decent running game to be able to like, support a, a like a, an air attack and you know having a non-complete team like that you can't really succeed in today's nfl um against opponents that can win every week no matter what their roster really looks like it's just brutal i think i'm definitely like between the packers and the rams i'm already kind of jamming the button on the rams i'm i am panicking i don't think that there is really anything worth having here even with cooper cup yeah you're happy this year especially in PPR. What about next year when Cooper cup is 30? Like, I don't know. I don't know, bud. like just not looking good. Yeah. I, I think there's a larger amount of panic in my opinion for the Rams uh, than the Packers. Uh, the Rams have a little over seven and a half million in cap space next year. Um, and much like the Packers, Aaron Rodgers has a giant dead cap. Matthew Stafford has a giant dead cap. Yeah. You know, these, these are guys that got paid a whole ton of money and they're basically hoping that they retire at this point. Like that's probably best case scenario for them, which is terrifying. I mean, the Rams need to do something to address their offensive line, but the Rams draft stock is just depleted. Yeah. That's why I was going to mention. Like if they, they have nothing to work with and they have nothing that they can use to remedy this. No. And I mean, on the same light, like even defensively, I would rather have the Packers defense right now than I would for the Rams defense, which once again is terrifying to say. Yep. I I don't know if they just, I don't know, man, like you put Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey as like your, your main uh assets there defensively and i guess you just you hope that everyone else can sort of like fill in when needed like everywhere else and that those three guys will sort of be your stop gaps it's just it hasn't looked that way um i think that they are really suffering from like i don't know it seems that they just don't have like a well-rounded defense they just have these like top guys that can make some pretty good plays but all you need to do like on the other side of the ball for the other team is you just need to like play around those three guys. There's, there's a lot of other space on the field to work with um, where you just, you don't always have to deal with those guys. I think 
they're really suffering from not having a well-rounded defense and I just I just don't see a bright future for them with uh, how little draft stock they have. So I'm I'm pretty major panic button on the Rams. Like like you said, if if Matthew Stafford retired at the end of this season, wh- what do they what do they do? Like they can't draft a quarterback. Like uh, they can't draft a good one. <laughs> they they can't really trade for one like first of all i i don't think that stafford's gonna retire same yeah it's, that's total hypothetical yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we'll make that make that very clear yeah um and yeah they traded their first round pick this year for him yep so they're kind of up creek up a creek without a paddle right now and uh they have a second and a third and if they don't draft an offensive lineman with their second and third round draft picks they're doing Matt Stafford and their entire fan base a disservice. And I know that it's in that same vein. I know it's looked like bad for the Lions, especially with like, you know, projections that they were going to be looking better this year. But to me, I think the Lions are sitting pretty, man, with the Ram- with the Rams pick and their pick. And like, they've got some good pieces there, man. I think I think that this year is is a wash for the lions as as much as lions fans wanted it to be like kind of a resurgence i think next year is going to be an interesting year for the lions where they could potentially start turning things around uh thanks to the rams draft draft picks (laughs) so i mean the the lions need a defense in a bad way i mean their offense especially with jameson williams hopefully coming back later this year i mean it seems like he's going to sit out a little bit longer than Mm -hmm. expected um, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, why totally. rush a rookie back when no reason to has no chance at the playoffs right now? Yep, totally agree. Well, yeah, so so definitely panicking a bit on those teams. Um, shall we move on to the next team? Of course, I would love to talk about the next team because the Eagles own their first round pick. <laughs> I know you would. Yeah, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints who, uh, as Evan said, the Eagles have their, what is projected to be right now, obviously a lot can change, but I think I saw that's projected to be like the, the four, the one Oh four is what the Eagles currently have from the saints. Uh, they, they moved up in the draft to grab Chris Olave. That's how the Eagles attained that pick, I think. Um, and I guess like, I don't know. They uh, they thought that Jameis Winston with like Mike Thomas coming back and and Chris Olave coming on and Jarvis Landry and and Kamara. I mean, it all sounds like pretty okay on paper, right? But then you have Jameis Winston hurt, uh, Andy Dalton uh, taking the reins, and as much as he hasn't played like awfully, he he hasn't been putting the team in like great positions to win with a lot of picks. And in addition to that, the defense is not looking as good as I think a lot of people projected. I think this is the team out of the four in the NFC that like had the lowest expectations, but still like, I mean, when a team is going out there and trading away their first rounder in in next year's draft to go grab a playmaking wide receiver, to me, that signals that they think they're going to have like a bottom 12 first rounder and that they're going to be competitive. I think that was the assumption and that was the projections that they were going to be competitive and granted they have come close in some games um they've lost some games that like maybe they should have won but at the end of the day man you you win or lose and the saints have been losing 
Um, so I don't know what it does seem weird to me. Like they they have a little bit of like a Falcons syndrome. I think the Falcons are at the top of my list of like teams that just consistently lose games like games they should win and i think the saints are like kind of right behind them in the same vein but i don't know man i think that there's also some things to discuss with like the offensive weapons and and to that effect the fantasy assets that you have on your teams here i mean chris olave has been a a a revelation he's been great if you were able to grab him he seems like he's been the most valuable uh rookie wide receiver i think just like in terms of performance thus far um, being able to flex him in and stuff. I think Drake London has had like a few games. Uh, Garrett Wilson had a few games, but then kind of has fallen off a bit. Um, but yeah, Chris Olave has been good. Uh, but Michael Thomas has been, again, just perpetually injured. Uh, Jarvis Landry has been injured and nothing. Uh, Kamara has been kind of a letdown. He's, he's like squeezing in okay finishes here and there, but like, I think a lot of people were hoping that Camaro would have like another like pretty easy chalk running back one season. And it, it hasn't looked so chalk to me. So yeah. What, what, what's the lowdown with the saints for you besides the Eagles having their first round and you being excited about that. Uh, what else can you tell me about the, uh, the saints? Yeah. I mean, I think the saints have lost a bunch of games that they should have won. Their rushing offense is eighth in the league right now. Their passing offense is eighth in the league right now. Points per game, they're seventh in the league right now. Their offense is doing its job. The defense is fine. I mean, it's very middle of the pack. Lattimore has been hurt, so that's been an issue. You know, he's been on and off the field. Olave has been doing well. Winston hasn't been what they thought and has been hurt. Andy Dalton looks like Andy Dalton. Kamara has been hurt. Michael Thomas has been hurt. Like we're talking about a lot of the stars on that team that have been hurt. So that's, that's a big issue. Um, Hopefully it's a team that starts to do better. You know, uh, the NFL is more fun when they aren't the Aints. The Aints were a rough time for new Orleans Mm -hmm. and I'm terrified to see what happens to this team next year because they're going to either have to absolutely just lose a ton of players or they're going to just have to bite the bullet and defer contracts down the road as they've been doing for the past two years. I mean, the contracts just keep building and building in deferred money and in dead cap money. I mean, the Saints are looking at over $50 million over the cap next year already. Like they're already projected to be over $50 million over the cap. I remember hearing last year that the Saints were were looking at a really bad situation money-wise. And I was thinking, okay, they probably need to get that, like they need to start getting on track to get that figured out. And somehow it seems like it is now much worse like they're in a even worse position somehow as, as inconceivable as that is how so i think that the biggest change here i mean there's the Jameis winston thing right i think that's huge uh just like he didn't really have a full season last year because of the acl and then this year he comes in gets hurt again andy dalton has to do his thing in there but the other huge thing here is no sean payton and Dennis Allen coming in here. And I think you see that a little bit um, or a lot of it. I really do think that a large part of this like 
one score losses, which is I think like five of their losses <laughs> have been like these one score, like three to five points. Um, I think that can easily reflect on on the coach. Um, with Sean Payton, I think they just stood more of a chance at making those correct calls and and getting it done with Dennis Allen. I just don't, I just don't think that's it, man. Um, I think that's one thing that, that they'll have to probably get corrected sooner than later. Um, I just, I just don't think that he is going to be the guy that they want to uh, take into next year, whatever they end up doing, which it sounds like they're going to have to be doing a lot of restructuring given where their cap is. So I think out of the teams we've talked about so far, I'm less on the urgent panic alert button. Like you said, the offense is doing its job. Um, it's play playing decently. The the players there that are fantasy relevant are okay. Uh, obviously, if you have a Michael Thomas or a Jarvis Landry on your team, sorry, you probably should have let those guys go uh, some time ago. Um, it, that that sucks. They're just gonna kind of be dead weight unless they can like miraculously put it together. Um, but I bet if you have Taysom Hill, you're <laughs> decently happy. Um, I bet if you drafted Chris Olave in your rookie draft, you're pretty happy. Um, if you picked up Andy Dalton off the waiver wire, you're pretty happy. So fantasy wise, that's I think where I draw the line of like I'm not panicking fantasy wise as much um, because I think that there are just the clear guys there that you can be kind of happy with having. Um, but I think with like you going into future seasons with this team, yeah, it's gonna get scary. Um, it's gonna get real scary real fast. So. I think you can hold on to your Chris Olave with your life. But other than that, man, you might want to start thinking about getting out from under some of these Saint players um, sooner than later. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Corey. Chris Olave is the only one that's looked to be worth it um, from a dynasty standpoint. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is still there, so he still will produce this season. The suspension is supposed to be deferred to next season, supposedly. I mean, we'll see what ends up happening with that. So that's going to hamper his value next year, um, along with the fact that he's going to be another year older. And it could potentially be a significantly worse team. You look at the contracts for Michael Thomas and Cam Jordan, and those are the two that stand out right off the bat of guys that could potentially be post-June 1st cuts. I mean, we're looking at $16 million and $15 million in cap savings just by getting rid of the two of those guys. I mean, right there, you're looking at $31 million in savings, and you're still $25 million over the cap. It, it almost seems like obvious when you put it like that, that that is just going to have to be the way it goes for them. Like They very well may bottom out next year when you start really thinking about it and and i think that's kind of what i'm looking at right now when i'm thinking panic i'm thinking panic in two senses of it i'm thinking panic in panic this season of they're nowhere close to expectations and they may not even make the playoffs and i'm thinking panic long term of the saints very well may have a top five pick this year and next year yeah and they don't get and they don't get theirs <laughs> next year. So yeah, I mean they they also traded future draft assets. So 24 they're already down a draft pick. Man, go birds. Eagles are in such a good like as much as the Saints are in a bad spot, the Eagles are in such a good spot. Look, 
one thing that Howie Roseman can do relatively well is trade and do contracts. He is yeah. a horrible drafter, but he can, but he can trade and to get those draft picks to screw up inevitably. I, I feel very similarly about John Schneider, uh, except for the Jamal Adams trade, which I think was atrocious. Um, I think besides that, he's done a pretty good job at at trading um, and acquiring picks and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I feel it. So yeah, I think out of the three so far, Saints to me, like as of right now this year, you're okay with like who is showing out, like probably continue to cling to to Chris Olave, but this coming year, years to come, definitely uh, looking at that panic button with a with an eyebrow raised. Uh, okay, well last last team on the list here, and uh, funny enough, it is a team that is playing right now. On my dual monitor, I have their game kind of uh, going, just keeping an eye on things. And it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's kind of an interesting dichotomy, kind of an interesting comparison here where we started this topic off with the Green Bay Packers talking about how maybe Aaron Rodgers has sort of fallen off a cliff. Um, Granted, he doesn't have weapons and maybe that is uh, compounding a bit with him not, not performing as well. Tom Brady, man, has not been performing up to what I think people expected him to perform as coming out of retirement uh, in the way that he did. Um, and especially considering the weapons that he has at his disposal. Uh, you look at Leonard Fournette, who was top top 10 RB, uh, looking at Mike Evans, who is a perennial top 10 wide receiver, looking at Chris Godwin, who I think a lot of people were expecting to break into potentially like a low end wide receiver one, uh, maybe more like a high-end wide receiver too, but in that realm. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's generally looked pretty ugly, man. I think it all sort of culminated with uh, this horrible, horrible performance against the Panthers, man, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Practically got shut out. I think they put up a field goal (laughs) against the Panthers, who the Panthers have like, a defense that's a little weird. They they seem to like come out and make good plays, but then also give up a bunch of points. So like kind of a middling defense. But Brian Burns came out and put on a show and just didn't let the Bucks do anything. And I think a lot of people looked at that game and just went, "Oh no, we might be seeing the decline of Brady before our eyes here." And you know what? Like there there comes a point in time where these older QBs they fall off, man. It's just, it's human biology. It's the way it works. And I think it's at least an interesting, interesting discussion about whether or not that is what's going on with the Buccaneers. To me, I think it, it, it may be at least a part of the puzzle here, but I'm kind of more on the, I don't think Todd Bowles is a good coach and I don't think he ever really was. And so I think that's also a piece of the puzzle um is that i just don't think that he's good at all but i mean you know that also doesn't that doesn't affect largely like the defense who have looked like pretty solid up until last week uh which i have no idea what went on there how they allowed donta foreman and chuba hubbard to just run all over them i don't know how they let that happen maybe it's just low expectations for the team but yeah let's let's just get into the bucks a little bit how are you feeling on on tom brady and and the bucks in general yeah, so Tom Brady's been getting the ball out of his hands incredibly fast this year. I think that has to do a lot with the interior of his offense line being relatively just broken down. 
Um, their center, Ryan Jensen, went out early in the year. They lost one of their guards early in the year. The rookie who was filling in at, at guard, um, Luke uh, Goedke. I can't remember exactly how to say his last name, but he, he's a rookie and he's looked really good this year. Like he's played incredibly well for a rookie. Um, but it's basically two tackles that they have in Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs. And they have a bunch of skill position players and they can't run the ball. That team just cannot run the ball. They are worse than the Rams at running the ball. They are dead last in rushing offense right now. Oh yeah. I mean, I think I read, I think they, I read that they are like the worst rushing team in NFL history. I think that is a stat that I read that they are the worst rushing team since the forties, which is crazy. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like I said, if you can't establish the run, Brady's fantastic over his career. He's not the same player that he was 10 years ago by any means. And you can't make him throw the ball 50 times a game, every single game and think that he's going to be fun. Like, that is not a recipe for success. Then you throw in the fact that the defense has just been hurt. I mean, Winfield Jr.'s out for this game, so that's big. Logan Ryan's out for a while. Woof. Um, You know, Cameron Brait's out. Carlton Davis is out this game. Russell Gage is out. Sean Murphy Bunting is out. The team is hurting. There is a lot of injuries that are causing issues and it's only compounded by Tom Brady not looking like his former self and the corpse of Leonard Fournette. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Him and uh, Julio Jones, just like they, they just have all feet and hands in the grave. <laughs> like they are just, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, Look, Leonard Fournette uh, has scored the only touchdown in tonight's game. So uh, that's something. Came off the back of a pretty good Tom Brady throw to Chris Godwin. It was like 40 yards. So that was interesting. Um, Let me couch that with it is uh, 10 minutes left of the third quarter, and the score is 10-3 bucks, if that gives you kind of an idea of how this offense is performing currently. Um, The Ravens don't have a great defense, and – the Bucks are are not able to get it done against them, so that's uh that's a bit indicative of of what we're talking about. And I was also going to say, as a side note, the Bucks are in cap hell next year as well. The Bucks are over forty million over the cap next year projected. Oof. Once again, it's another team that is in a tough quarterback situation with a lot of money owed to their quarterback and. What can you really do? Oh, I'm watching Shaq Barrett get carted off too. Oh, you're behind my game. Oh, I'm behind? Uh, significantly. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Well, I just refresh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I sure am. Okay. So, but on the side note of Brady, if they just so happen to cut Brady after the June 1st deadline next year, so this coming off season, they can save $24 million against the cap. I mean, that seems like money they desperately need. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is is Tom Brady worth it at this point? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 
if he can uh if he can strap in and make this three and four buccaneers team uh, like a playoff contender it's still possible but if he doesn't if they if the bucks straight up miss the playoffs i think that that increases the chances significantly and and, and i'm right there with you I, I think that there is no reason the bucks should not win this division yeah who do they have to compete against the falcons are you really going to tell me the Falcons that were down by a heck of a lot of points and telling Marcus Mariota run the dang ball that the Falcons are really going to compete in this division? The Panthers, we know, are garbage. They move Christian McCaffrey. Like, they're shopping other players. The Saints, I mean, do the Saints actually get it together? I mean, the Saints have been the kryptonite for the Bucks for a mm. while. I, I don't really think so. I don't think the Saints get it together. My money is still on the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, it, it should be should be on the Bucks. I mean, I think that's a a pretty easy call to see. I mean, talent-wise, they have the most talent. Efficiency-wise, I mean, they still have Brady. They're 26th in points per game. Not great. But they need guys to get healthy. I mean, that's that's just kind of the skinny of it for me. So, yeah, I think this team, like that being said, out of the four teams we've discussed, I actually think that this was the team that I, I think this is the team I'm least panicked about. Um, I have panic with all these teams to some degree, but with the Bucks, I think that, like you said, a lot of this is their like just unlucky injury situation. Um, and I, I, I think out of all the teams. Aaron Rodgers, maybe, but I think I would put Tom Brady more in my like uh, more in a position where I could bet on him turning things around here for them um, and and just getting things corrected. Um, If they can beat the Ravens here tonight, which uh, who knows, score is now 10, 10. You know, I think that's that's that'd be a good indicator of, of that ability to get things figured out. But yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, I certainly think that when you look at the fantasy options here, uh, Tom Brady is still startable in terms of like a, like a QB2 or, or super flex. I think you can still line them up, uh, especially in some choice matchups. I still think you're rolling Mike Evans out. still think you're rolling Chris Godin, Godwin out. Um, Leonard Fournette obviously has like been a disappointment, but has still had weeks where he's finished fine. So you're still rolling him out. Hopefully, you don't need to roll him out as like your RB1, but if you can roll him out as an RB2 flex, I think you're still okay with it. So I think just generally speaking, yeah, least panic for me on the Bucks, um, but all these teams have a fair amount of panic behind them. And yeah, I think that kind of concludes our, our panic button NFC segment. Any Any final thoughts on any of this, Evan? Do you think an eight-win team wins that division? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of eight win teams. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's very, very likely. So a team without a winning record yeah. could potentially make the playoffs because of that division. Wouldn't that be absolutely wild? That'd be uh, that'd be really fun to see, um, especially because that would probably put the Seahawks in contention. <laughs> which is so crazy like the seahawks could win eight games dude they totally can they've there are they're halfway there like they they could totally do it um which is something i never thought i'd hear myself say coming into the season yeah it isn't isn't it crazy that there is a potential 
that an eight win team in each of those divisions, you know, in, in the South and uh, in the West could make the playoffs. There's a world where that is the case. And the NFC is the best division in the NFC. That's wild, man. I, I don't know about you, but I just keep, uh, you don't have to really deal with this because of where your Eagles stand, but I just keep going to the NFC West standings and looking at the Hawks at the top and just shaking my head and smiling. What a world. I mean, what a world that the Eagles could potentially end up with Will Anderson and <laughs> playoffs. I, I would, I would go absolutely berserk. It go would birds. be, it would be amazing. <laughs> go birds, man. <laughs> oh man, that is so wild. Yeah, the Eagles are in such a good spot. Lucky you. Uh okay. Well, this this show is starting to go a bit long. Let's let's dive into top dogs real quick. Uh we can totally skip Eric because uh he needs to be on the show. The way I see it, man, and I really don't mean this to be like I'm not trying to get one over on him, but you need to be here to like rationalize your picks, right? Like I, yeah. I need he needs to be here to defend his picks. And if he's not here to defend his picks, they are out by the wayside to me. Uh, so we'll just go through me and you, and hopefully this will let me uh, get the one up on him because he's starting to <laughs> starting to get near my point total. And I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. Uh, but just as a reminder from last week, a uh, pretty fun week for top dogs. We, we had some good calls here. Um, I took home the RB top dog with Austin Eckler, just narrowly uh, beating out. Evans pick with Josh Jacobs just by a smidge very lucky to be uh with the the full PPR rule set here because I think that's what edged me out and then uh Eric rising up here uh had one point on the board thus far called it with the uh Joey Burrow and Jamar Chase which uh man Jamar Chase's last stand (laughs) for for the uh foreseeable future unfortunately but gave Eric that that much needed point. And then Evan also had one on the board with the George Kittle call. So we all had points get on the board. So that's that's awesome. And uh, the current standings are Evan with eight, which that is a uh, that is going to be a difficult total this amount. I have half that with four. <laughs> um, and Eric uh, is right underneath me with three. Um, but with him out, I hope to... Uh, get a little bit of a gain on him this week uh so let's go ahead and launch into it with my qb top dog which i don't know how much i need to explain at this point if josh allen is playing a football game um josh allen's gonna be my qb top dog and it just so happens that josh allen is playing a football game this week and so he will be my top dog and uh yeah man i don't really see any reason to not put him in there uh the Packers don't scare me let's go Josh Allen top dog let's get it done yeah I mean it's pretty crazy honestly when you look at the top five quarterbacks and the fact that Josh Allen has separated himself in points per game from the other four in the top five he's so ridiculously good is still still incredible so I wanted to go with Jalen Hurts, but the corpse of Eric right now took him. So I ended up going with Omar Jackson uh, and and watching this game. That is 100% an awful pick because Mark Andrews is out for the rest of the game. And Rashad oh. Bateman 
is out for the rest of the game. Oh no. Unless Lamar just runs for his absolute life and drops like 150 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's not not looking very good. And I blame Eric for that pick. <laughs> he, look, he could you like you said, he could still go Konami God mode and and, <laughs> and pull it together, but yeah, chances are looking un unlikely. Speaking of likely though, with Mark Andrews out. Isaiah likely maybe maybe he gets some stuff done now uh had to had to fit that in there somehow uh but yeah unfortunate pick with Lamar Jackson maybe turns it around but probably not uh but that's okay because I also picked kind of a kind of a weird one that might not happen but this was another week man where like I just wasn't really feeling like when I looked at the top of the list um for RB projections I saw this guy relatively low and he's back Man, he had a couple games of injury, but Jonathan Taylor is back. And I think that he is probably hungry. And I, in my mind, he's still the running back one. And I think he corrects things and, and gets it done this week going against a, a, a Washington Commanders defense that I am not scared of uh, with as bad as the Packers have been playing. The Packers were able to get it done. Uh, Aaron Jones had a pretty great game. Uh, and I think Jonathan Taylor could come out and, and do uh, something similar, uh, hopefully better. So let's let's look for a resurgence of the RB1 Jonathan Taylor for my top dog. Okay, so I'm going to go with Saquon because uh, the Hawks run defense is garbage, absolute garbage. And they're going into a bye next week. So Saquon can put it put it all uh all on the field this week. Uh, I think it's going to be a relatively high scoring affair. Uh, overall, I think there's probably going to be north of 48 points. So I think Saquon could could get his. Once again, they traded Kadarius Tony, as we saw. Not that he was playing a ton, but I mean, they traded a, a player, a traded a wide receiver. So more opportunity. Maybe for Saquon could be. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why I picked Jonathan Taylor is because I think Sam uh, El- Erlinger, Erlinger, yeah. Ellen. Yeah. I think he could, you know, maybe have some more dump off. So kind of the same strat of, I think we just like to pick RBs that have a chance at like getting those eight reception games. Um, Cause that's just the, the setting here is, is PPR and, uh yeah as much as i detest your pick because it's uh against the hawks um i can't deny it uh because last week i had austin eckler against the hawks and he ended up being the top dog rb so seems like a pretty good pick on your part moving to wide receiver i am going to go with a guy that look man the pattern is there the pattern is established he he's game on game off game on game off last week tyreek hill had a game off uh, going against the Steelers, putting up not a ton. And this week he goes against the Detroit Lions and every other game for him is a breakout game. So I'm going to go ahead and follow the pattern. Tyreek Hill will be wide receiver top dog this week. Okay, Who's going to stop him on the Lions? Yeah, I mean, heck, that, that Lions-Dolphins game could have over 80 points scored it i mean it could just be who who wants to score a touchdown type of game so could could be a lot lot of fun 
that'll be a game I will be uh, playing very, paying very close attention to just, just cause I think it's going to be super entertaining. Yes, I very much agree. Uh, and I am going with the target funnel monster himself, Cooper cup, because well, it's Cooper cup and he's the only player that is worth scoring points for the Rams. What do you think about new nickname for Cooper cup? The funnel cake. <laughs> Cause he's, he's white. He's got the powdered sugar on top. Yep, yep, and... I, 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 guess. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw where you were going. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, again, like kind of just like Josh Allen in my QB slot can't really make a bad pick out of Cooper cup. Um, obviously that team stinks, but Cooper will get his uh, as he has done many times before uh, playing in San Francisco. So they have a little bit of a better defense, but I don't think that you're worried when you when you're just really banking on Cooper cup getting, over 10 targets um i think he is a chalk to get that so cooper cup good pick uh and then i'm going with a guy on the opposite side of the field in that game uh i'm going with a a repeat pick of i think george kill does it again look here's the deal debo samuel is a little banged up right now debo samuel has a little bit of a hamstring going on whether or not that's serious um i don't think that like has a ton of weight here but what that says to me is that Debo is probably going to be the Jalen Ramsey target here. Um, I think that Christian McCaffrey will probably do his best against like the Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner combo. I think they'll be keeping eyes on him for the most part. Um, maybe Brandon Ayuk can can carve out some, but I think the real kind of open guy here that's going to be uh, uh, largely open and funnel targets is going to be George Kittle. Again, I think that it showed last week where he was able to get out there and stop uh, performing as a blocker tackle player and and back to pass catching tight end. I think it's just going to repeat this week uh, on a Rams defense that doesn't look anything near what people uh, thought they were going to be. So uh, slotting in George Kittle. Yeah, my my pick's already dead. So yeah. Um, yeah, gonna move on. Uh, yeah, Mark, Mark Andrews uh, was the pick. I was feeling pretty good early on in the game, and uh, started the game off with like a twenty-two yard reception. Like feeling pretty good about it. it yeah, and uh, now he's hurt and out for the rest of the game. So my honorable mention will be Zacherts. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, decent honorable mention there. Maybe the guys will take pity on me and give me a half a point if I hit on Ertz. We'll see. You're already pretty well ahead, so I don't know how much charity I want to give you. <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah that that was uh that was our week eight top dogs um thank you guys for joining us glad to uh talk about these these panic button teams and uh i think we will go ahead and continue that into the afc next week i think i might give a little preview about the teams that we're going to talk about next week yeah just uh, we'll see if it holds water we'll see if any of these teams kind of uh pull themselves out of the panic button contention uh, on Sunday or whenever they, they play. Um, But right now I have my eyes personally and correct me if you have any additions or subtractions here, Evan, but I think that it is pretty clearly in the AFC, the Broncos, the Colts, the Patriots and the Raiders. Honestly, I might switch out the Raiders for the Browns. Okay. I think that's totally fair. 
And I think that we can go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do slash Browns. And we'll see what happens. We'll see if either team wins, shows us anything this coming Sunday. And we'll talk about it. All right. But yeah, I, I wanted to put the Browns in there because they've given up the second most amount of points in the AFC, only behind the Chargers. And they're yeah. behind the Chargers by like three points all season or something like that. So that's crazy. Will Will Deshaun Watson come back this season and save the end of their season? I, I think he's going to be rusty. I do too. I, I mean, there's there's no way he's not, right? Like, there's no way he can't. He's not even practicing with them. Yeah. Like, I like, imagine he's practicing he individually. He pra- yeah. He is but, practicing, yeah. but he's not allowed back in team facilities for the time being. So Right. Yeah, um, and with that much, like, turmoil hanging over his head, yeah, I just, I can't picture a world where he comes in there and, like, performs as, like, the top six quarterback that he's been in the past. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to hit it. I got to get my own dinner. Oh, is it 1710 now? Yes. All right. Yeah. At 250, I slapped down on the uh, Ravens is looking pretty good right now. Yeah. Yeah. I also uh, placed a a buck 50 on the uh, Ravens. I got a plus two. I was kind of surprised to see that as the line. Oh, I took the Ravens at. Oh, I didn't take the points. I took the Ravens in game money line at when I got it at plus 340 when they were down 10-3. You thief. <laughs> you absolute burglar. <laughs>